0: And don't, don't tell me you're not a good reader. You don't like to read and then tell your players are on sprints. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, we're back. Uh, another episode of champion school fired up
2: champion what's hoop. up b what up right up, <laughs> i don't know why i'm How laughing i just I think i was laughing about uh snoop d-o-double g your cat, not dog <laughs> rolling over with his fingers trying to claw the mic before we just got on air Impressive. yeah you know at some point he's gonna just be
1: I, I think i'm just gonna park him right here it's usually where he sits uh during my normal work day now <laughs> so uh we might have him up as a guest at some point but uh for now
2: he's just gonna be chilling down there like a little garfield so. you know it's it, we can almost make it like a garfield show and, and he just randomly pops in you know has a little extra spice to the to the resume like lasagna oh a little <laughs> lasagna with a little bit of jalapeno maybe not a jalapeno on the lasagna
1: that's right son g's moving silence anyway <laughs> uh, we are <laughs> we're back with champion school Uh, fired up it's been a really good week Uh, and and we have a great guest today Uh, coach Mark Wood with Liberty Basketball Uh, he was a great guest coach Byler here cut him off a little bit Uh, we're gonna have to have him back on because he is full of knowledge and and uh, we cut him on a little bit of a short time window but uh, it's a good episode and we have a lot coming for you Uh, but before that what's new in your world by Uh, how have things been?
2: Things have been incredible. We just got back from, where did we get back from? Irvine, California. So we were out there for one of the best in the U.S. showcases. Uh, we were the guest speakers for that event. So we got to prepare them mentally, equip them for that game and for that week, which was really cool. And we got to meet some great coaches, man, we get to talk to some cool parents and, and athletes down there. It's really fun to just go around, share our story and be able to impact athletes. And then uh, we are close to wedding venue planning done. If that makes sense. I don't know. There's a lot going on for those of you who are married or have been through the ringer, you get it. And we are close. I think we might have one tomorrow is Saturday. And if we get there and we like it, we're going to pull the trigger, which means we have a date and we can get moving on the process. <laughs> so that's good, man. I like it. Knock on wood, buddy. Uh, it's yeah. not- <laughs> Don't jinx me like that. Don't just poop on my parade. Come on.
1: It's, it's not as easy as it you would think. Um, you know, decision makers. It's hard sometimes. You know, so uh, I I'm praying for you. I hope you guys figure out the spot where we're at
2: or where we're we looking. We're looking East Valley in uh, Arizona. So Gilbert Mesa Chandler area, this one might be in Phoenix. It's like a backyard wedding. It looks like a cool little venue and it's a little cheaper, more affordable, which is good. And the lady who is going to help plan it, she like kind of has a good hookup with that venue. So keeping the fingers crossed for that, I think we might have a winner. We will see. And maybe next episode, if you tune back in, you will find out where does BZB get married at in 2022.
1: <laughs> cool. Question. Yeah. Like, uh, Are we still at that 150 mark or is that number
2: coming down? 125 right now as we speak and it could be adaptable to less or more, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we will see, depending on how much it costs for food, man. I didn't realize how much food costs. Our plan was to have an in and out truck. Lexi was like, dude, in and out truck and a Krispy Kreme donut truck. Like this is legend this is exactly what I want. And in and out, I guess, Arizona, they don't do catering, but they do catering in like California and other places, I guess, wherever they're located. So Maybe we can get a California in and out truck. Anybody wants to sponsor that, uh, you can hit me on Venmo at austin Byler. I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been good, man. It's been fun. We're excited. Yeah, dinner
1: plates are like, I mean, low end, 75 bucks a head.
2: <laughs> Ridiculous. It's like, yeah. man, we're eating filet mignon out here, man. That tiramisu is only a, a finger bite size, and you're going to charge me for that? Come on, man. I want a cheesecake, a full cheesecake. I better get my money's worth.
1: You, you always do.
2: <laughs> uh, anyways,
1: let's get into the good news of the week. That was good. Uh, so. Uh, let's start it off. One of the coolest events, I think, in professional sports in general. Uh, we will say right up there with the outdoor game and hockey i I love that Mm. the winter game or whatever but the field of dreams game played last night uh thoughts on the field of dreams game is it something that needs to stay in the game like are there any other things to go with it that you would think you should go with it it should
2: be a staple every single year they should have multiple (laughs) games there i think just Mm. the it felt like playoff baseball in august which was the coolest part about that, the atmosphere, the energy from the two teams, both are fighting for spots. The White Sox obviously have a pretty good grip on uh, their division, but the Yankees fighting for a spot just to get into the playoffs and made some big moves at the All-Star break. Both teams did. And there's very talented teams. It's really good baseball. I thought it was really good for the game and just going to the field of dreams. I mean, that's every childhood dream that we ever had to go play on that field and for them to get to go do it in a limited capacity is really cool. And then seeing one of my best friends, Aaron bummer for the white Sox, come in, in the seventh inning, shut the door. Like he gets to pitch in the big league or in the field of dreams. And this dude, was out for two years in professional baseball with Tommy John and didn't get to throw a baseball, thought his career was over and now he's got a nice contract and he's dominating from the left side in baseball. So it's just cool to see that happen, man. And, and for uh, the game of baseball, the excitement around it for people to be tuning in, I'm assuming that they had the highest viewership all season for that game yeah, and there was just so many people watching tuning in but just the twitter feed the timeline to see how many people were so supportive of it and to see what it's doing for our game bringing that excitement and that joy that spark plug that we need big time in our game is huge so i thought it was something that was incredible it was a great staple and i think they should keep it as a yearly deal and maybe even put the all-star game on that date what about you ray first of all
1: aaron bummer is a dude uh Nasty. he's gross from the left side and west he's valley products guys... so for the west oh, valley yeah.
2: schools he went to the better school uh sunrise mountain sorry liberty fans <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> I'm that's right
1: watch. he did he did the house that byler built uh he did go to that <laughs> high school um and he's one of the few guys that makes you look kind of small honestly he's like what six three six he's two. about six five man he's six he's five
2: geez he's
1: tall man he's tall Yeah, he's a beast and and a great dude, so uh, fired up for him. Uh, I do think that they need to play more games there. Uh, I would love to see them open up like a week where, or you know, or whatever, where outsiders, you know, guys outside of um, Iowa can get tickets because right now it's just in-state Iowans, you know, that are able to go to that game. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the All-Star game. I know uh, we had a friend that brought that up. Uh, for me, the problem is the MLB, I think, right? Because I don't know what it is, 16,000 people or something, they get to go to that game or it's grown a little bit. But, uh, you know, they want to sell out whatever all-star stadium they have for for that all-star game, and that's a huge moneymaker. So I don't know. Uh, I, I like it. I love the event. Um, I would honestly love to see like a backyard game, like some, some kind of Sandlot game picked up too would be pretty sweet
2: about some college baseball on that field down what if what if you had like a an annual series for college baseball two of the top teams in the country that get to meet there maybe a west coast and east coast team. iowa iowa state oh boom there you go mate. make River it hometown squad the rivalry game three game series friday through sunday see who, who can swing it the best who's got it man that'd be kind of cool that'd be unreal uh any other good news from you no other good news. I think that's uh, where we're at here today. <laughs> There's a lot of good news, man. There's a lot of good news out there. We might be cutting that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to wrap that at the rest of the good news of the week. Um, but we are going to move into this week's end. So we're talking about, uh, success, not being a light switch. We have a YouTube video. It came out today. You guys are listening to the four or five days before this in the past is when this thing came out on YouTube, check it out. But, uh, I was talking about East LA college and and that last chance you basketball, there's a player on the team that, um, you know, the coach was talking to him, Hey, if you want to get to Kansas and play Kansas basketball, you have to find a way to do those things. Now, the little things, um, success itself doesn't just happen. Right. So, uh, consistent habits for you. What do you think about what are the main habits that need to be formed in those early stages of an athlete's career? That's going to really lead them to uh, success and a prolonged career.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think one something that comes up as a little formula is disciplined thought plus disciplined habits equals disciplined results. And I almost would change disciplined results to massive results and consistent results. So disciplined thought is the first thing to take care of, especially for a young athlete in high school or going into college who wants to play at that next level and um, just making it aware of our thoughts aren't always in our control, but what we do with those thoughts are in our control. And that's the the main thing with trying to get to the next level. So I think our thought process has to start to change when we're at a young age. And it's a great time for us to mold that and really harden in those beliefs that we have about ourselves, about our future, and about where we want to go. Other than the hard work, right, I think anything in life that you want to accomplish is going to take a lot of hard work, sacrifice, and belief in yourself. It's finding consistent daily habits that you can commit to. Maybe it's gratitude. We talk a lot about gratitude and affirmations. So maybe it's some gratitude to change your perspective on the world, to see what brings you joy and what, what lights you up and on fire every single day. Maybe it's your affirmations that allow you to reaffirm who you are, what you're on this earth to do and what you're trying to accomplish in your athletic career, your coaching career, or your business career, maybe even family career for us parents out there and coaches out there. So I think there's a lot of things that you can dive into on this, but it's finding a consistent structure that fits you. Not everybody's going to be able to do the same things. Not everybody likes the same things, but something that works for you and you got to get to know yourself. So self-awareness to me is the number one thing that can help us achieve those dreams and those goals. It's something that I wish I had a better grip of in high school. We just weren't taught it, right? And then leading into college, we really got a lot of great mentors that came in, uh, including our coaching staff that helped us along the way all four years really mold those beliefs and find out who we really were and what we were meant to do. So I think it's tough for a young athlete. It's tough for coaches sometimes because we don't always have the time to mold those beliefs. But that's where that outside reinforcement comes in of planting the seeds, kind of reinforcing some of those things that you're speaking about as a coach or a parent and molding those beliefs at an early age is going to set you up for so much more success in your future. So commitment is massive and self-awareness is huge. We got to get to know ourselves early and it's hard to get to know yourself. So you must fail. I mean, failure is part of this whole formula. If we don't fail, we're never going to succeed. So finding ways to fail often and learn more about ourselves increases our self-awareness, gives us a better chance to go out there and accomplish that goal that we have for ourselves.
1: Yeah. That self-image too. Like you'd brought up, like your belief in yourself is, is one of the number one predictors is where you're going to end up a, as a professional athlete. Like uh, even, even if you're talking college, you know, like every college guy I've ever played with, you know, went in there believing he was going to make it to college. You know, none of them who said out, oh, I don't know if I'm never going to play. Same with big leaguers, right? Like there's no big leaguer that rolled out there and was like, meh. Nah. It's like they from day one have believed that they were the guy and Um, you have to have that attitude and sometimes that can be mistaken for bravado or, or like overconfidence, cockiness maybe, but I think it's, you have to have that confidence and swagger, uh, if you want to make it, you know, uh, and make it work for you for sure. So I agree. Great segment today, dude. Nice going. (laughs) (laughs) Great work. (laughs) Um, so last thing we're we got today, the best part of this whole deal, right? Uh, A good friend of yours, a family friend of yours, Coach Mark Wood, the man from Liberty Basketball. Uh, Great dude. I I have never, I didn't have a chance to meet him before this. You had met him before or?
2: Yes, met him briefly a couple of times. I was working with Sandra Day O'Connor Basketball here locally in Arizona, and we got to go play Liberty High School a couple of times and watching his team in the culture that he's created at Liberty High School and just the culture that that high school has created. It was a new school, a little background on it. We're going to dive into it more in the podcast, but uh, I went to Sunrise Mountain High School and Sunrise Mountain has opened for a little while, probably about 20, 25 years almost now. And Liberty opened up, I don't even know, 2007, 2008, I believe. And uh, it kind of took the West Valley by storm. They got a lot of really good athletes initially, and they had a lot of really good coaches and they've had a lot of success, man. To be honest, they've won more state championships than Sunrise has probably as an entirety and throughout the whole school, unfortunately, in a shorter time. So they've done a great job. But this is what I noticed when I stepped on campus was the culture especially around the sports. I mean, all of these incoming freshmen that we work with, or we know are so eager to go to that school because they know the expectations, they know what they're getting into, and they know that they're getting quality coaching advice and mentorship. And it's really cool to see the parents and the families and the kids excited to go to this school. So I'm excited to dive into this with coach wood, but it all started, man, when I saw that culture, I was like, man, they are full press all day. The energy is high. It's five man in five man out. It was incredible to see it going like clockwork. It was like a well-oiled machine. I'm like, how can anybody beat these guys dude How had you even lose like this and there was no ego there wasn't all me 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 or my i guys right it was we're a team everybody's gonna play and we're gonna do this together and so seeing his energy man it reminds me a lot of coach Musselman when he was at university of nevada and when we got to see some of their games and seeing how much energy he brought and how he inspired and and inflicted so much energy into the crowd into the community that's how i feel about coach wood and he's doing it from an incredible lens and his leadership is second to none man it's been really cool to see what he does he's so serves on the Arizona Base or sorry Arizona Basketball Coach Association here for the state and he's doing really good things for the game of basketball but more importantly for the lives of these students and these athletes and these families so we're so excited to dive into this man I'm fired up for he was so awesome and I did cut him off I cut him off a little too early so it's (laughs) my fault we're going to give an hour segment the next time because this dude's full of wisdom juice and joy it's awesome to see that's right without further ado coach Mark Wood Awesome. Well, what is up, guys? Welcome back to the Champion School Podcast. My name is Austin Byler. We got Ray McIntyre in the building. uh, And we have a very special guest today, the head basketball coach at Liberty High School here in Phoenix, Arizona, Coach Mark Wood. A little bit about the background over 15 years at Liberty High School. He's been there since the very start. Coach, I remember I went to Sunrise Mountain High School. So for the Lion fans listening in, um, there might be a little beef. Dave, don't be coming hot in my stings. But I remember uh, when it first opened and just the culture that's been established there to see the growth over the years at Liberty. It's been incredible. Uh, Multiple regional titles there at Liberty High School, a couple of deep uh, performances there in the finals. And then multiple coaches of the year uh, for Coach Wood being an incredible coach. And in my opinion, from what I got to see this last year and what I've heard around the Valley, one of the most influential coaches in the state of Arizona, let alone the West Coast. So Coach Wood, we are honored to have you on, man. How are you doing?
0: Oh, the honor is mine. Uh, so I, I appreciate you um, having me and, and I'm excited to hang out with you.
2: I love it, man. Well, before we get into it, I've got a, something just popped in. So uh, Lexi introduced me. So for those of you who don't know, Lexi is my now fiance as of two weeks ago, I believe. I might be wrong. I better get that date locked in. Um, but uh, Coach Wood was her driver's ed teacher at Liberty High School back in the day. So she connected us when I moved back to the Valley here last year and it was an honor to meet you, but um, she told me to credit you for her incredible driving skills. And then I had to add something in. We have uh, uh, my partner, Ray, has a tough time with a little road rage and uh, moving around. So if you can give him some private lessons in class, uh, that'd be an honor, man. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. But any private lessons here in Phoenix would be great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did have Lexi and she said, hey, my, my my then boyfriend at the time would like to connect and. She connected us, and uh, it's been awesome watching your journey together and um, two awesome people. It's one of the great rewards in in what I do is I get to see that kind of transformation occur, and it's awesome.
2: Oh, I love it, man. Well, she speaks highly of you, man, and we love what you're doing, man, and how you're doing it. I think before we get into a Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about your story of why you got into coaching. Um, But there was something that popped up here earlier And I was looking just kind of on Google for anything I could find. And uh, as you guys know, Google has everything. And there's something that I found a quote from you, and I don't know how long ago this is, so um, who knows, but it must have been your mission or or something in that sorts of why you coach. And it says, my transformational purpose in coaching is to empower athletes to be champions on and off the court by instilling toughness and developing them as leaders. I coach basketball as a vehicle used to fulfill this purpose that was incredible I thought it was amazing um, just to give the viewers a little bit of insights of who we are speaking with today and, and what we're about to get into but coach um, you started out at Cactus I believe um, and you're coaching for a long time I'll let you get into that story but you, you opened up at Liberty and you've been there for so long um, really created an incredible culture but really what drove you to get into coaching and, and what kind of helped you get, take that leap into that coaching career?
0: You know, I wish I had a story of this major influence in my life where, you know, I had this coach that rescued me and all. It It isn't that at all. It, it is sort of, um, you know, I have a strong face, so sometimes I come from that. I, I feel like education is a calling, and I feel like um, it's a spiritual gift, and I think when God decides this is your your direction, um, it just comes to you, and I was uh, just a little background. I was at Deer Valley high school. Um, I played basketball. It was not easy for me. Um, but it was my passion and I played, uh, my freshman team went 0 and 17. We didn't come within 50 of anybody. And I was the 15th guy. And I, I mean, I remember making the team and being shocked. Um, and then I played all four years. Uh, By my senior year, I was the only player that had played all four years. I hung in there, persevered, Um, but I was in, uh, academically I struggled and I was um, not a good student. In fact, um, that's a total other realm of of issues. (laughs) But I was sitting in my junior uh, junior history class and um, I had a, a teacher that, was funny. And I connected with, for the first time in my life, I enjoyed school. And I went, that's what I want to do. And I want to coach basketball. And I actually got a notebook out and I'm in the middle of my season, my junior year, you know, playing varsity. And I just started jotting down ideas that when I have a program someday, I'm going to do it this way. I went to Yavapai Community College. Uh, I was going to walk on and play there. Um, And I tried out, the coach got me a room, uh, which was hard to get at Yavapai. And He's like, you know what? You can walk on this show. no scholarship money, but next year, um, you know, if you do everything you're supposed to do, we'll get you a room. And, I'm sorry, we'll get you on full ride. So I went up there, and I went, I don't want to play anymore. I, I kind of looked around. And I went, what am I doing? I mean, there's a there's a proverbial ceiling, right, genetically. And I, I was there. <laughs> yeah. I looked around, and I recognized I was there. So I'm like, eh, I want to coach. Let me get more into that. So I actually took a job at YMCA and I ref basketball because I wanted to learn that aspect of it. So I would, co- I would come back on Saturday and I would ref 10 games on a Saturday. And then the YMCA director goes, Hey man, I need someone to take this 14 to 16 year old high school team. I can't get anyone to, to, to do it. And I went, okay, I'll do it. And then I finally got my own team and I just loved it. Even though it was a little YMCA there's, I think, six teams, four teams, maybe. We won the title. And I was just like, it was just in my blood, and I, I was just I was like, I'm all in. So I get kicked out of Pie my freshman year with a 1.9 GPA. <laughs> GPA right? Um, right? You would think that there's a point in time where your, your dreams of being a high school teacher would match some sort of work ethic and discipline in your life. And I get this letter, this rejection letter from Yavapai. It's one thing to be rejected from Harvard, right? <laughs> that's, that's a story you can tell. But the, the humility it takes to say that Yavapai, I was just, I mean, the criteria wasn't very heavy to, to, to stay there. I couldn't do it. So I basically was um, pretty much illiterate, to be honest with you. I, I didn't re- read. I really go one, one paragraph in. I was like, what did I just read? I, I was a terrible student. And I sat there and I went, dude, what are you going to be in this life? Are you going to cheat your way into a college diploma? Are you going to be a fraud to your students? And are you going to be a fraud to your players? Are you going to be a fraud to your children? Who are you? And are you going to start living an authentic life? And I just decided right there that I was going to move back home, go to Glendale and get my stuff together. And I did And then that took me to nau and i went in i told the lady i said i'm um, going to be a a high school history teacher she said no you're not i mean she looked at my transcript she's like you're never getting a job it's too competitive she's like you got to pick right now between english math or science why math was out of the question right and then science i didn't like dissecting things right i i I didn't like the smell and i just Yeah, a a, a 95% illiterate guy just picks his English. Seems like a good (laughs) idea. Um, And so I went that direction and then I graduated and I students out of Cactus High School. And then the rest kind of just went. I got into coaching under a guy named Kent Trout, who I'm indebted to, who who loved me and, and helped me get started. And then in 2000, he walked away. He called me in. I was 26, 27 years old. Um, my daughters are 14 months apart. I had my oldest one, um, had just turned one. My youngest one was going to be born in a couple of months and he resigns and he goes, I want you to have the job. I'm done. And I said, okay. And I went and just as cocky and arrogant as I could be, just believed that I was really good and would have no problem. I inherited Division One point guard by the name of Mark Bowles as a senior, which I go in and I was just I, – I, there's, there's a – I'm going to digress just for a moment. There is something that is said in coaching where you start out simplistic because you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. Then you get complex because of a curse of knowledge. And then you become simplistic again because you know better. And so I was in the – I didn't know better. But I was so stubborn. I'm like, "We're pressing, man. We're gonna get up in your grill. We're gonna run." And and I just, I just, I killed our guys. And we just rolled through region. We win a region title. We go on to state. We get knocked out in the quarters. And the team that beat us just rolled into and won it all. And I just broke down. And the following year, I lost a lot of guys, and I inherited my my team from JV a couple years back. And I was like, I mean, boom. And we win region again, regular season. And then my best player, who's now actually the principal at Valley Vista high school, Adam Wolf. He's player of the year in our region and he gets his blood like disease. um, Right before the state. uh, We used to have region tournaments back in the day. So we had won the regular season region. We go into this region final and we lose by, two or three um, and he could barely play. So um, we win the regular season region. We don't win the the region banner because it goes to the tournament. We go into the first round of playoffs and we get knocked out and I come in the following year and we graduate a lot of people again. And I have like all these football kids and I just, I just got my butt kicked. I was, um, I was not very good. And we lost, I think, something like six at the buzzer. We were right there. We just couldn't get over it. We ended up like six and 17 or something crazy on the year. I was ejected it from a game, and I I was done. I was done. And then I went, I ain't going out like that. So I, I got the guys together. I go, look, we're going to have to put this together. And we had a pretty decent year. The, all those guys played football. They went back-to-back state titles in football. So I lost them for like nine games. Jeez. We get them all back. We end up getting knocked out on a, what essentially was a buzzer beater.
2: And I just walked away and
0: I looked at my daughters at the time who were like four and three or five and four. And I went, Nope. Everything I've ever wanted to do. I just realized I wasn't very good. And I realized why I wasn't very good. So in the next two years, I decide to go and, and, and not worry about coaching. And I, and I, and I said over by my house, there's a new school going to go. In if I ever coach again, I'm going to start from scratch. I'm going to do it right. And I kept in touch with coaches and I kept playing and Liberty high school opens up. It has a name. It has a principal named Allie Bridgewater. Allie, I reached out to her She doesn't email me back for several months. She says, Mark, I will actually meet with you. So we sit down and we go out to lunch and she says, I'll be in touch. I don't hear from her for several weeks. Like, well, all right. And she calls me back. She says, we need to go lunch again. So we go to lunch. And she says, I need to have a serious conversation with you. I said, well, what's up? She says, well, you have – A really weird reputation. There are people who are, I mean, all in with you. And then there are people who think that we like, do not touch this guy with a 10 foot pole. And there's no middle ground. And she goes, I'm leaning toward the I'm all in with you. But you got to know that eyes are on you, dude. Do you really want this? And I said, Ali, I will, I will do this right. I will not let you down. And she says, I need at least five years from me. I said, You get at least five years from me. I'm going to start this program right. I promise. So we started with, uh, we have a, you know our history. We started with a record book for freshmen, because we had just freshmen. We started with who, who has the first points ever in a Liberty Jersey you know, we have all that oh,
2: stuff. Amazing. It's amazing,
0: really cool, right? And I started Liberty out and she said, I'm gonna give you the support, but I'm gonna to have to help you a little bit because you gotta get this reputation thing down. I just think you're misunderstood. And, and that's what it was. And so when, what I learned is, I learned to go get mentors during my time off. Mm-hmm. And I went and I realized Um, the humility to being a good leader. And so I went from what I would consider a transactional leader, which is that even though I valued my guys, I loved them dearly. I really did. I would have taken a bullet for them. I did not serve them. I just didn't. Not the way I know now. Not the way I think Christ would want me to serve them. Mm-hmm. I was 27. I give myself a little bit of, you know, and I've gone back to guys and I said, Hey, you know, was I, was I, that was I as bad as I think I was like, dude, no, like you loved us. You cared about us. You were all, I'm like, but I didn't serve you enough. And therefore it was this kind of evolution and transformation for me in leadership where I learned that I was going to build and develop a transformational culture where the game was not gonna use our players. Our players were gonna to get to use the game to develop their character, to develop their persistence, to develop their toughness. So that's the whole like, in a nutshell, and we can go into the, the rest of the stuff from there, but that's what got me in this, this journey.
2: I love hearing the backstories because I would have never known any of that and looking at you now I had the opportunity to watch you in person against O'Connor a couple times and just the culture and the buy in from the players and the energy. Um, When we were at the University of Nevada we had the opportunity to watch coach Eric Musselman for a couple years. And just what he did at that program now at the University of Arkansas, killing it. And just the same energy, man. is the same type of guys like pumping up the crowd, pumping up the kids, pumping up each other, and just leading with, with like a, a massive heart. It's just a different way. You can just tell it speaks loudly about you guys. And just hearing the story of how everything started and then having the humility to be able to admit when you might not have been doing it the right way or I guess as good as you wish you could have been doing it for the players, the transactional versus the transformational is incredible. Um, how do you instill – That culture that you have. So just a little background for the crew. I I know in basketball, the the pressing was huge. And so when I'm watching this, there's a rotation of five in, five out, five in, five out. And it's just a gauntlet. And, And just to see you mentally defeat other teams, the mental toughness within your team. But the thing that really stuck out to me was the selflessness of the players, because it's really easy to be selfish on basketball, I guess, any sport and want the points, want the ball. But it was just five in, five out. There really wasn't just like a starting five crew from the outside perspective. So how do you instill that buy into your culture with your athletes at a high school level where you don't necessarily get to pick everybody that you want in your program? And how do you get them to just commit to your philosophy, commit to that transformational style that you've developed?
0: That's a great question. Um, first of all, back in, in 2013, uh, we lost our culture. Mm-hmm. We were a very relational culture. We had some things go sideways. Um, we had a lot of stuff going on that was cantankerous in our culture. Um, and here's the deal. When you're the leader, it's your fault, mm-hmm. period. If, if you're the leader, and, and that's the hat you have, then everything is your fault. So if you look at it as your fault, then you are solution-minded. So when in leadership, I, this is what I always say, you are the physician. That's the leader. The leader is the physician. You diagnose what is wrong. Then you are the pharmacist. And you have to prescribe what the remedy is. That's what separates the leader right? Because any, anyone in the stands could go, make your layups. Why did he miss it? Mm. That's the leader. And the third part is that leaders provide proper perspective. Right? So, you know, as everyone's going this way and you go, guys, come here, you got to go this way. So when I lost the culture in 2013 i evaluated what everything about conventional basketball that i thought was wrong you know and and things that bothered me i was playing seven eight guys, you know trying to sell nine through 15 that they're still really important my actions were not demonstrating them they would bring their parents or their grandparents to games and they would have to just be a really good teammate Well, then try to motivate them in practice, like make them go hard because the standard's the standard. I wanna play everybody. So how do I develop a style that everyone does get to play? And if you know you're gonna play, there's an accountability that you have. Now hold that there because I'm gonna come back to it. Here's the most important thing that people miss when they're building their culture. What's the alignment? What are the priorities? You walk into Liberty, and everyone knows, every parent knows, every player knows, and every coach knows that our alignment goes program, team, individual. And that every single person who is involved in Liberty basketball is to serve the program. Hmm. Period. You are a part of something bigger than yourselves. Period. There is no one allowed to be selfish, no parent, no coach, and no player. And once the program, maybe it's irrelevant. Now we go to team. And then it becomes you. But so many coaches go, we're here to serve the individual. Well, in what capacity are you serving them? And then you complain that you have entitlement and selfishness. Well, is your idea of servanthood that you're doing things for them and providing them and spoiling them? Or is your idea of servanthood that I'm serving you because I know that as a male – you will have a self-esteem boost if you are serving something bigger than yourself. Now I'm serving you. And guess what? The more you serve something bigger than yourself and get lost in it, the more it will serve you. You reap what you sow. So really, if you're a parent coming into Liberty high school or you've been here and you want to volunteer your time, it is to serve the program. If you are a player, we ask you where you think the ceiling of the program is and how you're going to elevate it. What are you gonna do to get that up there? So we always tell our guys that it's a player's program. It's a player's program. You can at any point come to me and say, coach, I think we can do this better. You better have a solution because that's leadership. So the number two thing that we look at is that basketball you have like all these gurus it's won or lost in the, these categories but what they neglect is that it's also won or lost on the first most important thing which is leadership
2: Oof, huge.
0: and you know what happens in conventional coaching hey austin hey ray i as the lord of this program deem you to be the leader everyone else follow these guys well, I don't know these guys. I don't know them the way teammates know them. I don't know them on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You want to lose faith in your team? Crown someone without, with them knowing the character and you don't. So really, if we're serving our athletes, we should be providing them with skills that outlive basketball. So those skills are, in our program, you get year-round leadership development. We have curriculum that we've put together, and it is, we are going to, like, our transformation in our program is if you're a member of this program, you will have an opportunity to transform your life in every situation or every dimension, spiritual, social, physical, and psychological. We are giving you the tools. You're in charge of your own development, but you are getting tools. So we're going to provide you with leadership development. Well, every single Friday when we do leadership, we do spotlighting. And that is a member of the program stands up and calls out another or calls up another member of a program. It can be a junior to a freshman, a freshman to a senior. It doesn't matter. We're all in there together. Everyone's a leader in our program. So you stand up. It's eye to eye contact. The other person stands up and you spotlight them and you encourage, pour courage into, you encourage another person in this family with something that you saw them do that demonstrated our standards of toughness. We define toughness as doing the next right thing. And we go a step further and say, are you unbreakable? Your toughness is your breaking point. Wherever your breaking point is, that's how tough you are. Oh, we got a lot of pressure. You you need to toughen up. We don't just tell you to toughen up. We define it for you and give you the tools. So our hedgehog skill is that we're going to be the toughest team in the state.
2: Mm.
0: Now, are we there right now? No. But by the end of the year, we are. You ain't breaking us. You're not breaking us because those guys are committed to something bigger than themselves and they're committed to each other. And of course they're committed to each other because they're all involved. Oof. So you've involved everybody and, and, the, and the thing that people attack our program on is don't go there because if you're a star, you're only gonna play out of the game. No, that's not true. That's not true. You, the, the, the best players play the most minutes, but everyone's gonna play almost every game now there's games where we just can't get to number 15 14 like we just can't team slowing us down or whatever but we're committed to doing our best to do that and that's why you see the synergy and the energy and the collective desire because they're serving something bigger than themselves and lastly we have our five core values they're not just values that hang on a wall. We have trust, enthusiasm, selflessness, selflessness, um, courage, and effort. Those are not just on the wall. They're verbs. So we are explaining to our guys in leadership development what we want when we talk about trust. Like we're different. Tough dudes are different. So. We have standards. Like, you don't ignore human beings. Someone texts you, you text back. Someone calls you, answer the phone. Or at least let them know you'll call them back. You're going to be different. You're going to have integrity. We're going to help you develop your integrity. So it's all that. And ultimately, if you want buy-in, it first starts with believing. They have to believe in me. And I have to believe in them. Once that neutral belief is established, then I got to be making a lot of deposits so that they can continue to pour out into each other.
2: I love that. I absolutely love it. Ray, you got anything on that end? I'm just I love the fact of the buy in and none of it was on the court stuff. It's all classroom, like getting to know each other, getting to lead with integrity and, and believing in each other and, and everybody having a role within the program. Ray, you got anything on that? It's,
1: it's unbelievable that you have to answer to people that for playing too many kids, you know, that's the world <laughs> we're in now. But um, question for you as a dad. Now you're a girl dad, two, two daughters. How has that shaped you as a coach? Um, I know you said there were one and two around that age uh, when you had started with Liberty. So how has that shaped you as a coach?
0: Well, um, both of my daughters are amazing girls. They're 21 and 22 now. Uh, My 22-year-old just graduated with her business degree. She started her own business, a photography Mm -hmm. business, and she's now on the Arizona Cardinals chair team. Let's go. My youngest daughter, Lindsay, uh, was on scholarship dancing at GCU, um, and she has one more semester left, Uh, and then she will have her degree in psychology, And she is leaning toward behavioral psychology, but she's not totally certain, but she'll have her college degree. Um, What it's done for me is it's reminded me. So I think that there are three values a leader has to have. Integrity. If you want to lead like Christ, I think integrity. And integrity is, my definition is doing the next right thing. It's our toughness. So when we define toughness, we basically are about integrity. Now, you may see me do something and go, you lack integrity. Well, you don't know that. My value system may not be your value system. And that's okay. I'm not asking you to have the same value system. I'm asking you to stay true to yours. So integrity, humility. Do you have the ability in leadership to step back and say, I need to get better, right? Because here's the deal. My guys, I have chosen to coach my guys. By and large, they, they're just kind of stuck with me. They could go anywhere they want, but this is their home school. If another coach could come in and do a better job, I'm cheating. Them. Mm-hmm. I'm cheating. I'm not cheating my guys. I'm gonna be at my best. I will continue to improve. I will be better tomorrow than I am today. And I promise you, because that is going to happen. I'll read, I'll study, I'll listen to pie, I'll do whatever it takes to grow. And then the third is empathy. And I think when I became a dad, I had the, I I was, I get more empathy. And I think as a leader, you're really not, you're like a horse. You're wild until you get broken. And it is in your brokenness that you finally lead with empathy the way Christ would want you to. Right? When I was early in my coaching and I was not broken, I went in there, I had more confidence than I'd ever earned in my life. And now, through all my brokenness, I understand that we're all on our own journey and I'm here to support you and love you during that time, whatever that journey is, and to meet you then. So I think it has made me more empathic, right? And as every young parent will learn if you've ever uttered the words, my kid will never, right? You know very quickly that your kid guaranteed will now do that. So you learn to like not judge, man. Like, dude, I, I'm not judging because. I can't, contr- I can't. I can't. You got too much. There's a lot of stones being thrown from glass houses at that point, right? So yeah. <laughs> um, it has really increased my empathy uh, in the process.
2: Absolutely incredible. And I just think that purpose, it goes back to exactly the same thing with the coaching and and the program, right? Putting the program above the team's needs, the program above the individual needs, and having empathy for others and just loving others. I mean, you've said it so many times, that servant leadership aspect, but you can hear it in your voice. You can see it in your actions and how you treat your players and your students as a teacher for over 26 years, which is incredible. That is, I think teachers go... Uh, and get very are, are very underrated in this world, because you have the direct impact. And when you leave a lasting legacy, and I've had hundreds of friends go through Liberty who have all spoke so highly of you and what they've learned from you off the court, off the field, off the weight room, in, in the classroom and in other areas, just by leading with love in your actions. Um, you've mentioned Christ a lot, and I know you're huge in Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I'm big into Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in the Valley as well. I think it's an incredible thing that that there is here for the kids and the teachers, the coaches, et cetera. Um, how much has Christ meant to you? And really, when did you start that walk on your Christ journey? And how do you blend that with coaching, which sometimes can be, um, I don't want to say judged, but maybe misconceived by certain groups? How do you still live out your faith when it might not always be uh, politically correct to always be that bold with your
0: faith. So that's a great question, right? I'm going to respect the law always. Here's what I would say to that. also. I think as Christians, we get so caught up with being transactional in our own lives in that I think churches do it. Hey, come on. How many of you prayed the prayer? Ah, I did good today. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the deal. You should never know, like, based on what I speak, how committed I am to Jesus. You should just watch. No one should go, I wonder if that guy has a a faith of some sort. They should know in the fruits of my actions. And so, obviously, I'm in the Bible pretty much every day. Obviously, I take that very seriously. But everything I do is God's transformational work in my life. The humility I have, the, the, the empathy I have, that's all because of my, my spiritual walk. It's not that I have a separate compartment and I go, hey, guys, here's my Jesus hat. Now I'm over here. Hey, now I'm liberty. Like, it's just intertwined. But I'm not going in and breaking the law. I'm not going in and saying, hey, guys, huddle up here in class and let's do a prayer. Right? You, you're, you, you're allowed to pray. But I can't force you. But I'll tell you what, when it's prayer at the flagpole day, I can go there legally and, and pray. I can do things. I can, you know, go do FCA stuff. I can. I, I am going to always remain in the law and respectful of law because I do believe that that church and state should be separate. But here's my thing, and I know we're wrapping up soon. Mm -hmm. And here's my thing, Um, and this is where I I, want to challenge people. A lot of times in church, it's pretty common for for church people to say, well, we've taken God out of the school. What do you expect? And I lose my mind. And I go, no, it is through your disrespect. You're taking Christians out of the schools. Stop it. You are disrespecting those that are in there and creating these as mission fields, handing out Bibles to kids and just being a witness in love. They don't have to thump them over the head with a Bible to let them know that they're being poured out and the love of Christ is being given to them. They just have to be, let God do his work. Quit taking good people who are just loving people and smacking them all the time with nonsense. It's, it's, it's mind boggling to me. You know, I've sat in church and heard comments and I'm going, I'm done. I'll go somewhere else. You have no idea what's going on in our classrooms. And we definitely don't want to Christian men and women to walk out of the schools because they are lights, loving, supporting. That's really the perspective. It's not about, if you go to Liberty high school and go is coach Wood a, a Christian, they're going to say uh, he's never thumped me over the head with it, but you know what? He loves me. He doesn't, he, he doesn't put himself above me. He gives me, Encouragement when I see him. Those are the things I feel like we're called to do.
2: So good. And and that encouragement piece. And I know we're wrapping up here in a second. Um, The encouragement piece, though, is so powerful to me and just for coaches out there listening and even parents and, and athletes, fellow athletes encouraging others goes a long way and that leaves a lasting impact on their life and maybe that's that one word of encouragement that they need and that spotlight activity that you guys do in the classrooms on those Fridays when it's just you and the team is so amazing because it just gives them that opportunity to pour into somebody else and to break that comfort zone I know for a lot of young athletes let alone people in this world in general it's hard to give a compliment let alone to ourselves sometimes, and for, for them to get up there, break that comfort zone, and be able to pour out into another teammate and, and recognize something, meaning that they had to watch during practice or school and pick up on it, is absolutely incredible, Coach. Um, I know we're wrapping up here. One last question for you, though. What is your best piece of advice for any young coaches just getting into the field, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's basketball, baseball, football. We have a lot of different coaches listening in on this. What is your biggest piece of advice if you're going and taking over a program or getting ready for that leap in that next program?
0: Readers lead, lead, leaders read. Mm, Start reading. Love that. Let's go. Period. And don't don't tell me you're not a good reader, you don't like to read, and then tell your players to run sprints. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's stay away
2: from the suicides. And if there's like uh, any uh, petitions to take suicides out of basketball yeah. and football, I would love it.
0: <laughs> hey, your success is right outside your comfort zone, players. Start running. Well, why don't you read, coach? Uh, uh, <laughs> not my thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got yeah. you.
2: I don't like to read. I don't like to go to these. Yeah, uh, I, don't, so I, don't like- <laughs> I have a short attention span. and We get yeah. it, right? We get
0: it. Whatever uh, excuse you have you don't allow your players to make, that's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, <I'm> exactly, man. <laughs> Well, Coach Wood, man, it's been an honor and a blessing. We could go for hours. I'm a little butthurt that I only planned 30 minutes for this. So that is my fault. I will <laughs> wear that one today. I'm gonna to take the ownership of that and the accountability. Um, that just means we gotta go around too, babe. We gotta get it back going. But to watch what you've done in person, firsthand, I've heard a lot about it, but seeing it visually right there and the impact that you've made on those kids. And a lot of my friends who always relate back to quotes that you've told them or things that you've mentioned to them or just how you've led is truly the definition of a leader. And I believe that's legacy as well. And it's been amazing to watch you man to have you here in the west valley especially shout out to the west valley arizona lovett um but to have you pouring into these athletes at an awesome high school with an incredible culture and standard it's been amazing to watch man so we're pulling for you um i know major league university is always amped up for liberty and what you guys are doing man and, and we're always in support for you uh ray you got anything left
1: no coach thank you so much uh if i had a jumper i probably would have been still number 15 on your team uh, just the way <laughs> i play. I'm a five eight, uh, point guard that can't handle the ball so
0: and you still would have played that's the good news so. <laughs> that's yeah. what i'm talking about Grinders, man. Baby.
1: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on
0: i appreciate both of you thank you so much keep up the great work awesome, awesome. Yes, see you god coaches. bless see you guys
1: awesome interview with coach wood first of all like the way he talks about his development right from from him as a younger coach till now uh is very humbling right like i think Lifelong learner is something that most coaches are striving to be and need to be if they're going to be successful. The games are always evolving, but so is your coaching philosophy and and the way he talked about that developing uh really cool to see from
2: a from a veteran too, you know I love that. And the fact that he's not uh, uh, subject to just being my way or the highway, you know, he's always open to learning. He's learning from other coaches, younger and older. And it's just cool to see how often he's attending events that are going to help him and his program and his coaching staff succeed. In life, right? And so he talked a lot about the leadership Fridays, which I love. I remember when I first reached out to him, he's like, Hey, man, we do leadership every Friday, like that is a part of our program. This is what you're signing up for. If you don't like it, you're not coming here. Like this is what we're going to do, because it's more about developing the holistic approach of these of these athletes rather than just being good at basketball. And he's a firm believer of the off the field takes care of the on the field. So off the court, on the court. And for me, I think that's such a powerful concept as well with all athletes of how can we develop our young men and women to be the best human beings possible to allow them to thrive in their sport or competition, whatever choice that might be for them. So um, I loved it, man. And then the spiritual development pillar, you know, using the spiritual development, not shying away from it, not forcing it upon anybody, but just leading through your actions. Can people see that through your actions? Can they see your integrity? Can they see your joy and honesty? And something else that stuck out to me, man, and I'm starting to use this now is when somebody calls, call back. When somebody reaches out with the text, text them back. When somebody's going here, like meet them there, like stay accountable to your word, take that ownership. I thought it was such a cool thought because a lot of coaches or athletes or people in general, we just blow people off for no reason, just because we're busy or something happened or life takes over, but making others a priority was really cool to see that as a theme throughout this podcast.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing that like, he's, he's been, I'm not going to say chastised, but like people have had some words for him playing all of his guys. You know, like yeah. what? <clears throat> wild to me. And, and that just tells me that he's in, in it for the development of the person and the players and the athletes. And, uh, it reminds me a lot of the Matheny manifesto. I don't know if you've mm. read that, but, yeah. uh, coach Mike Matheny and, and if, if you listeners haven't read it, it's a great book. Uh, but he, he reminds me of coach Matheny and, and I think that's a pretty good comparison to be in. Pretty good not group. bad to be compared
2: to a MLB manager, <laughs> no, <laughs> and Arkansas's head basketball coach. Pretty cool.
1: That's right. Shouts out, must bus. Hey, must Anyways. bus, baby.
2: We want the we want the train, baby. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Anyways, Coach Wood, thank you so much for joining us once again, and and for you guys listening, we can't thank you guys enough for for taking your time and and sitting through our BS. Sometimes you know, our belief
2: systems, <laughs> belief systems. We got you there. Bada bing, bada boom, <laughs> If you haven't yet, make sure to check out our blogs on University.com slash blog. There's been some great blogs on uh, mental health, leadership, mindset. There's so many different uh, things you can dive into if you'd like to read. Great short concept. Take a couple minutes and it'll get you a nice little daily nugget. And check us out on all social media platforms. Ray Max has been killing the YouTube game. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn now. We are all across the platform, even TikTok, all at Major League University. Check us out, man. Anyway, we would love to continue for that support. That's right. Hit that sub too because we
1: are officially approaching 200 subscribers and that is <laughs> <We'll be> <laughs> hey, a
0: goal.
1: Happy. Hope repair. you guys have a great day. God bless.